in a world with barely any burgers or beer. When food seems to be more expensive and beer is worse and worse and it costs more and more, there's only one thing you can do. There's only one place to go. That's the handlebar here in Chico. Coming at you at 2070 East 20th Street. It's the best place for craft beer and food. This is a radio commercial now. <laughs> Keep it with it. Let's do this. Newly remodeled and released to the theaters near you. Yes. <laughs> this is a train wreck. We got it. It's fine. We were trying it. We're still doing it. Yes. The hand- I'm going to do it. Do it. The handlebar is a craft beer restaurant. With more taps. Than ever before. They will blow your mind 20, this summer. 2070 East 20th Street. One way in, no way out. If you're in a desert and you make your way to Chico, eat there. Or be square. They have happy hours seven days a week from two to six, the dollar off every draft beer. We forgot that. Please go to the handlebar. Handlebar Chico. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello again and welcome to another episode of Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about film and craft beer. My name's Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers. Your boys are back. Yeah, we've uh, we've been we, on... We didn't um, go anywhere. No, but we are back regardless. And we're drinking some beers and we're talking about The Post, the newest film by Steven Spielberg. So please stick around. We want to say off the top, um, if you've never tuned in before, we go spoiler free for the first two thirds of our show. So if you haven't seen the post yet and you want to, we'll give you a good warning before we get into any uncharted territory. So for now, you're good. Yeah, there will be clear warning before you enter the danger zone, which is a world of pain, which is spoiler rich. Ridden. But that comes way later. I'm glad you remembered that. Yeah, thanks, man. I was going to forget. So here we are. Yeah, it's been a quick minute. Uh, I've been out of town for a couple days here, so Johnny's picked out beer again, and he's pouring it as we speak. And I was hoping, Johnny, you would tell me what it is you are pouring. Yes, I'm becoming... The, the beer... The beer guy. The beer sommelier. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I More like aptly, it. the Cicerone, I, I suppose. C- Ciceroni. Is that true? It's pepperoni, but, okay. it's, but with cisses. Yeah. Ex- yeah. But is it really Cicerone? No, it's Cicerone. Damn it. I was hoping you would just catch on to that. Nope. nope. Yeah, we are drinking a beer from Heretic Brewing Company called Make America Juicy Again. It Yeesh. is a hazy New England-style India pale ale. Great. Clocking in at 6.5% ABV. I will read you a description while Max tastes this Please. lovely drink, beer. Drink. Yeah, beer. I was almost caught between drink and beer. Yeah. This drear. lovely drear. <laughs> drink this cup of drear. It is amazing. All right. Let us break into this beer. Make America juicy again. It's a hazy New England style IPA, and it's all about bringing the juice back to American beer. It isn't about big football commercials and fancy packaging. It's about the liquid in the can. They spent their money, which is your money if you think about it, on an insane amount of the best hops available so they can ain't fancy, which it isn't. It's just a label stuck on an aluminum can. It's very nice. All right. The can is not fancy, but the beer certainly is. Hazy, luscious, and full of juicy hops. This beer is brewed with no bittering hop addition, just whirlpool and insane amounts of dry hopping that results in a gentle bittering and a huge juicy hop profile. Vote Juicy. Respect. I like this beer a lot. Yeah? I've only had it once before, but I took it home. I think it was over Thanksgiving because uh, I'm trying so hard to get my family on board with beers because a lot of the people in my family think that beer sure. is what they grew up with. We've talked about this before, I think. Yeah. Uh, just the old Schlitz or um, 
Coors Light. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I bring out a beer that looks like this, and like that's not beer, that's juice. Right. Um, yeah, it's juice that'll get you tippled. Yeah. So I think this is great. Second time having it, I enjoy it a lot more now because I have someone to enjoy it with. My family did not like this beer anyways, so it doesn't that's matter. Fair. You hear that, Max's family? Yep. He likes me Mom. more than you. Uh, he likes me more than you. Yeah. No, I, I distinctly remember my sister trying it. I you, guess I don't distinctly remember. Distinctly yeah. remember nope. vaguely. I distinctly remember nothing. What do you think of this? It's good. It's got a nice subtle bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. It's really sneaky, but the the dry hopping added so much of the the delicious juiciness of the hops. You really get that's a nice good, finish man. on that. Yeah, I yeah, dig it. That's killer. And the six pack pricing is really affordable. Yeah, which what are it's we looking like, at? It's like twelve bucks for oh, a six nice. pack of this. Yeah, it's killer. I feel like we say some things like that sometimes, and some people are used to paying. Less, yeah, like seven or eight bucks. But this is a, it's an, uh, as local stuff goes, this is imported um, from another local community. So like you're paying a little bit more for another brewery. Yeah. Whereas like here in Chico, you get your six or seven dollars six pack, but it's because it's a mile away. Yeah. Well, with, and with this one too, the style of New England IPAs is, is really sought after, and mm-hmm. they've been a little bit spendy. Yeah. And you see sure. breweries cranking out sixteen ounce cans where they get a good mm-hmm. good chunk of change for them. But no, this beer's killer. I really like it, and it's weird because, I mean, I, I'm very hit or miss with these. Yeah, you are. As long as they're a little bitter, or even if they're not super bitter, I actually taste the hops mm-hmm. and, you know, those flavor profiles. It can be a little bit on the juicier side, but I want to at least taste a little bit of the hops, and this delivers on that. Yeah, I don't like when you get these ones, and they're so sweet that you get your your uh, your glands kicking in. Yeah, they like, start tingling. Like it's sour or something. Yeah, or uh, you get the beer mosa. Where it's mm-hmm. just you know it's yep. just orange juice and alcohol, mm-hmm. and I I don't like that. There's yeah. been a couple I've had that I was kind of in the mood for that, but they weren't like cloyingly sweet. Sure, but this one really hits the marks. It's nice. Uh, Heretic, where are they at? There, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, you're gonna see if it's on the can. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, Fairfield. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. sure. Right off, right off eighty. Yeah, relatively Is that local. Right? Yeah, maybe I think of maybe I think of Fairfax. Yeah, no. Is that down by Bakersfield? Yeah, that's no Fairfield's. Uh, like if you're going to San Francisco, oh, you okay. drive through Fairfield. It's where the Budweiser plant is. Ah, yeah, um, right, right, okay, yeah, sure. It's like Vacaville, then Fairfield, then Vallejo. Right. Yeah. So relatively oh. local. These right by are, Six Flags. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's like thirty minutes away from Six Flags. Do you think you'd go to Six Flags more if you live close to it? Yeah. Yeah, I might too. For sure. Yeah, or do you think it's one of those things that you just get sick of going? You're like, yeah, I live by Six Flags, and that's whatever. Maybe I don't know. I've never lived close enough to experience it, but I feel like I don't know. After a while, unless you're really into it for the rides, mm-hmm. I feel like the animals would start to just bum you out. Oh, there's animals there. Is it like? Oh, you've never been? No, no. It's like half zoo. Cool. Yeah. There's Ish. all. There's like. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's neat, but also like at some point it gets a little sad. Mm-hmm. But they're pretty interactive. Like last time I was there, I fed a giraffe. Nice. Like hand-fed him carrots? That's great. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I fed an elephant once. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, fed him, um, I think, like a melon Okay. or something. That's pretty cool. This was a pretty good time. Did you get to, like, pet him at all? Or? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we were there when they were giving him a bath. So what? they, like, finished up the bath. I'm like, you guys want to come and say hi? Was, was that yes. at a zoo? or No, it was in an animal sanctuary in Oregon. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty That's cool. cool. We drove there for that. Uh, my friend Sean, who we all on, on well... Or at least us and our our Patreon members know now because he's come up a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had this wild hair of an idea to go up to this place in Oregon to to hold a baby tiger. Okay, uh, I think I've been to that place. Well, we drove there. We drove the ten hours, and turns out they did not have a baby tiger, so we were pretty bummed. Yeah, but that's, that's we did nice. other fun things, so it was cool. It's a good trip. Was it partially funded by Steve Irwin? He didn't sponsor our trip directly. No, the the. <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe. Because the one I went to, he was like um, a big supporter of and like had been there a lot. There was pictures on the mm. wall. But like I got to hold it like a bear cub That's that was cool. like whoosh, this yeah. big. It was really cool. Yeah. And they had a bunch of bald eagles there with like one wing. Oh, nice. So yeah. Like, it's like that sort of thing. Okay. It was probably the same place. It might have been. Yeah. I think it was in, um, oh man, it was a town that I haven't been to since. I'll think of it. Yeah. One of those little side attractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been to one too that's like a game park where they like breed animals there. Oh, game. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what kind of games? Yeah. Yes. It's like a wild game animal. Sure. But that one I went to is in Bandon. Bandon. It's Bandon. Oh, same place. Yeah. Then, Bandon. Probably. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And I got to like hold a possum. Oh. It was really cool. Less exotic. Possums but... are dope though. Yeah. They're cool. I like possums. I liked them a lot more after I got to hold that yeah. one. Yeah. A lot of people look at them as vermin. Yeah. Or dinner. Ugh. Who do you know that's eaten? Have you eaten possum? Maybe. Uh, I know for sure I know people that have. If I were to try, I don't even think I could. I think it'd be impossible for me to try that. Impossible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Impossible. I'm going to steal the rest of this. Do it. Great. Because it's good. There's only a 12-ounce can, too, like we said earlier. So Yeah, this one's really good. Uh, for anybody checking in, uh, no one's checking in. I'm going to say it anyways because I'm going to move on past this beer in just a moment. But I wanted to say... I'm drinking more beer today because uh, I'm off that wagon. I'm on. Here we go. This am, is complicated. Am I off the wagon now or am I back on the wagon? Well, are you drinking? Yes. Then you're off the wagon. I'm off the wagon. Okay. So that's, that's, I just wanted to throw that out there because every other episode we've done, I've been like, yeah, I'm not drinking this month. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, here we you, are. You screwed up January. Yeah, for sure. That's fine. Uh, I was a long weekend, Reno. And like, like I said, I had friends in town and. Just one of those things. Yeah, let's finish up this beer and yeah. let's rate it, and then let's talk about the last week that we were apart. Great, because so much has happened. Yeah, this beer is an eight point eight for me. Eight point eight on yes, the Richter indeed. scale. On the, yeah, on the, on the. I can't think of a pun, but yes, on that scale, it's an eight point eight. I love it a lot, and I would buy it again. What do you like about it? I think I said it's like a really nicely balanced. There is bitterness to it, so it's not like you were saying cloyingly yeah. sweet. Um, Don't steal my fancy five dollar word. I love that word. It's so nice. Um, yeah, it's really smooth. The mouth feels great. It's not too bubbly like a mimosa would be. Or too thick. Or too thick. I like. Yep. It's not had, like a nectar. Yeah, I've had some of those New England style IPAs where it's just almost syrupy thick. Mm-hmm. Crazy thick. So uh, overall, I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. Yeah, I, I really like it. I give it slightly lower score just because by and large, the style is not my favorite. But mm-hmm. this is one of the more refreshing representations of the style I've had. Right. It's like summer, dude. I would crush a six pack of this, like crush out it. working in the yard. Yeah, for sure. It's so good. This would be a good one, right out of the can, floating down the river or something. Mm-hmm. Big time. I was gonna jot down our scores, but I don't have the link onto my note, so I might have to leave that to you. Yes. So that is an eight point eight. Eight point eight. And that is an eight from me. Yeah, dude. On Heretics Make America Juicy Again. Boom. Available at Spike's Bottle Shop if you're in Chico. There you go. Hit him up. It's good stuff. He's got singles and six packs. Yeah. Which is nice because we get singles for the show. There you go. So it works. Yeah. Um, so moving right along, yeah. I want to just briefly talk about just my week. Dive into that week. Yeah, well, so my car uh, is, my minivan is, I think, out of the picture for me. It's did. Yeah. He's, yeah. It's did. It's did. Um, so I had my transmission fail on my way to Reno. I missed my first night because uh, I was stuck. I was waiting for a tow truck for four hours. And then I made it there and had friends come in. And then I played the whole week, played Thursday, Friday, Saturday with the band, which was a blast. But um, by the end of it, I was so like I was just so beat. Um, when Gianna and, and our friends Jacob and Serena came up, they brought that lifted truck that we have kind of on 
loan yeah. from a friend or family. Because the last, your van, that was when you were having problems with the van, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So my van wasn't working. They drove that that truck here because it was the next most reliable car and I had had the van. And then when I got there, that car broke down. That's amazing. So we had two broken down vehicles at one point. And I'm trying to juggle like being entertaining to the guests in Reno, but also like on top of my performance game and then also trying to, you know, stay on time with everything. Stay on time and then figure out what the hell you're going to do. Right. But still be a good host. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. I took this whole computer rig because I had to finish booking um, my, or, you know, kind of tie some ends on my tour. I finished my CD since we've last met. Beautiful. Uh, that should be arriving uh, in a couple days here. And what was the final title on that? Stories. Stories. Yes. All um, right. And I'm going to make you plug yourself. Do it. If anyone wants to buy that, what things are they going to punch into their deal. computation device? Yeah, so an extra point. For the next like week, it's on pre-order, which is a, which is discounted by a couple bucks. So if you go to maxminardi.com slash shop or my Instagram or my Facebook page, you can just find it. And or his house. It. Or my house. It's not here yet, but you could technically come and like be like, hey, I want to pre-order this. Here's a few bucks. DM me for his address. Yeah, do it, please. <laughs> and then he'll give you some fake address. He'll take you to that animal sanctuary in Bandon. Uh-huh. But he lives so far away. <laughs> so far. Um, Bring no. me back a baby tiger. But I finished all that, so that was good. That's exciting. Um, just I like today sent out payments to everybody that I owed for that project. Nice. So it was like a nice conclusive feeling, but also like you're just seeing money float away. Yeah. Um, you're investing in yourself. Right. Better um, hope it sells. Yeah, it sounds really, really good, if I may say so. I got the masters back when I was in Reno. And yeah. Just came out really, really well. I think. Excellent. Six songs on there, so Beautiful. eight bucks, that kind of thing. I like it. Yeah, you've yeah. played a few of the rough mixes and some yes. of the more final drafts for me, and yeah. I'm a fan. Thanks, dude. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. So that's so that's cool. That's been my week in a nutshell. And are you? we talked a little bit. you thinking about buying an SUV maybe? Oh, not an SUV. No. Uh, what's a Well, what's a CRV? That's it's like a compact it's a, it's SUV. It's a crossover is actually sure. what that's called. Yeah, I'm looking at Honda CRVs right now. Those are dope. Yeah. I almost bought one. Yeah, they're they're good. They're a good car. You should really look at a Honda Fit. Too small. You think that? No, I know that. I looked at yours specifically as you drove up today. I was like, I wonder if that would be a good car for me. Sometimes the van is barely big enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like for big gigs and taking like seven speakers and. Yeah, that's true. If you had to take a whole PA, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that'd be rough. Yeah, something else we were gonna say, and I've forgotten what it was. Um, but when you said that, I was like, there was something else. Can you think of anything that we're leaving out that we meant to mention about? Oh, it was about my CD, vinyl. I've been talking a lot about vinyl. Yeah, and I haven't heard the final word on this. It's on the back burner uh, okay. as far as releases go. I think I'm going to wait till this tour thing gets situated and done, and then maybe hope to do a vinyl release in like April. Excuse so, me. That would be really cool. Yeah, so I'm hoping to do that. Maybe put download cards in it so you can have it digitally as well and smart. sell those. Maybe have a release for it in Chico then. That would be smart. I so like I'm, it. That's what I'm hoping to do. That was it. A lot of cool artists that I enjoy do the download card, mm-hmm. but also I love a good, good old fashioned like T-shirt vinyl bundle. Yeah, dude. Or yeah, like, maybe I gotta design T-shirts. Or better coffee mugs. Yeah, yeah. I should learn my lesson. They don't, they don't sell. But I I'd, maybe pint glasses. Or I something. bought one. Did you? I bought a mug. Cool. Yeah, you're damn right. I did. Yeah. I use that thing, and it's really awkward. It's not awkward. It's hilarious. I just oh, you mean like what's on it is yeah. Pretty, like yeah. I just sit there in yeah. my underwear playing Stare video games, <laughs> and I'm like drinking out of yeah, you know, my friend's namesake yeah. mug. Yeah. It it makes me feel closer to you. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, keeps us close when we're far apart. Yeah, pine glasses will be cool though. Yeah, that'd be kind of kind of cool. Yeah, like it's kind of gimmicky, uh, considering I don't really choose to drink out of pint glasses that often sure. when I drink beer. But dude, get 
You should get some tasters printed Mm. up. That'd Mm -hmm. be dope. That'd be cool, huh? Yeah. But enough about me. Yeah. What's new with you? You know, not a whole lot. I took the opportunity, since you were were gone and I had a whole week, uh, to go ahead and just get real sick. Oh, good. Yeah, I went ahead and just knocked that out. My body's like, oh, Max is gone? Let's do this. Let's just just be terribly, terribly not feeling great for like a week. And it never went full-blown cold or flu, but it was like super body aches. And just lethargic and a headache for like 10 to 12 days. Ugh. It was really fun. Yeah. That's, so that's the worst. It was a lot of lot of coffee, mm-hmm. maybe about six or seven cups a day. Oh my gosh. That's... Uh, a lot of coffee and then a lot of bourbon at night. You're probably dehydrated. Yeah. I was trying to starve the sickness of water. That I've, doesn't. I'm pretty sure that's, <laughs> that's how it works. you headaches. Uh, scientists have said otherwise, Max. <laughs> but okay, whatever yeah. you say. Backwards remedies. I love it. Going to listen to the musician, not the right. doctor right. that said don't drink water. Uh, your doctor told you to not drink water, I'm sure. I might have a terrible doctor. Yeah. It's very possible. He's, He's trying unlicensed. to kill me. Yeah. You know, I was wondering why he was so cheap and working out of an RV. That's it. It makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense now. Yep. So yeah, I took the opportunity to just feel like garbage for a week and really didn't get a whole lot done. It was, yeah. it was phenomenal. Uh, watched UFC 220 this last Saturday with now, a bunch of friends. Can you clear this up for me? Yes. They're always like, two, like, there have obviously been more than 200 UFC fights ever. What is why, how, what, what they type n- of fight deserves a number? No, they number the events. Events. Which is different than like a, like, is it like a title fight and event? No, anytime they do a, like a collection of fights in one night on pay-per-view... It's mm-hmm. UFC insert number here. There's other fights though, right? Yeah. What are those? Just like those are exhibitions. They call them fights? like fight nights or stuff. No, they still count. Uh-huh. But a lot of times they'll do free fights on like Fox Sports One or something mm-hmm. on like a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's less fights, more commercials, uh, and it's usually lower ranked fighters gotcha. that are kind of coming up. Huh. So it's good publicity for the sport, getting people into it because it's kind of like that. I don't know if you'll even get this analogy, but you know how college basketball players, they try a lot harder than NBA players because they're trying to get to the NBA? I guess, yeah. So it's like you you gig harder when you're not signed. Mm. You know what I mean? Sure. You're, you're trying to make it to the big sure. game. A lot of times on the free fights, that's what you get is mm-hmm. kids that are coming up in the ranks and they just go crazy. Mm. So, But yeah, the pay-per-views are the bigger collections of fights and they get numbered. Okay. So we were on 220, and it was a really big deal. The heavyweight championship of the world was Who up for was grabs. Who was fighting? I'll tell you if I know anybody's names. Uh, Stipe Miocic. Nope. And Francis Ngannou. Shoot, man. I'm out of the loop. You know what? Nobody knew anything about Francis Ngannou before like two months ago. How very hipster of you to say. Yeah. Did no, you know about true. him? No, like ah, UFC shit, okay. fans didn't. Like his story is so cool, but nobody knew about him. Oh. It was fun. Good fights. Yeah. Francis Ngannou was a homeless guy in France. Four years ago, on the streets, begging for food. He's like 6'4", mm-hmm. like 270. Big fella. Solid muscle. Mm-hmm. Like has to cut weight to get to 265. Crazy. Yeah. And Stipe Miocic, full-time firefighter. Oh. Also current heavyweight champion. There you go. So like two really cool stories. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Cool St- one. Stipe won, defended his cool. title, retained the belt. Sweet. So that was my weekend. Nice, dude. Yeah, and you're nice. feeling better now? Yes. Lots of like sleep. Six cups of coffee a day. Yep. Lots of bourbon. Sure. And um, sleeping a lot. Yeah. I I dare say you might have been able to shorten that if you tweaked a couple details, but... Yeah, but I, I like to, en- I like to yeah. enjoy my colds. Okay. You yeah. know? Well, sure. <laughs> Just make the most. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I, I felt good about it. I really did. Good. Well, I'm no, glad, I, I'm I glad drink, you're alive now. I drink a ton of water, guys. Who am I kidding? Ton of water, ton of tea. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, let's say we jump to a quick break. We come back and we talk about the post. I say, what, what? In the... Max, as you know, we record a podcast together. Uh, if you were a listener of this podcast and you wanted to drink along with us, maybe after you've heard an episode and say, try the beers that we're trying, give them your own rating. Would you like to do that? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be so much fun. Well, there's a place you can buy beers to do that. It's the place that we get all of our beers for this show. Mm-hmm. This place is Spike's Bottle Shop, guys. It's located in Chico, California. What's the address? 1270 East First Avenue, right That's, off the freeway. That's right. What's it next to? In Motion Fitness. You're damn right. Yeah, okay, you great. drive right <laughs> past that gym, and you go to the liquor store, and you buy yourself some beer, maybe some beers that we're drinking. You mm-hmm. drink them along with us. Yeah. Let us know what you think of them, and then we'll all keep on loving Spikes. Yep. Once again, that's Spikes Bottle Shop here in Chico, California at 1270 East First Avenue. Go check them out, and use our discount, FHC, for 10% off, which I don't think we mentioned. That's fine. Yeah, we did not. It's good to throw that in. Yeah. All of our listeners that use the promo code FHC get 10% off any purchase at Spike's Bottle Shop. Go check them out. And what a lovely break that was. I am ready to talk about our second segment and start talking about the movie The Post. What do you think? Let's get into it. Yes, I meant to give you a chance to open that beer so we could sip on it. Do you just want to do it now? Yeah, let's do it now. You okay. open it. Okay, deal. Uh, I'm going to just dig right in because I actually wrote down To The call. Post. To The Post. Deal. And then we'll talk about the beer after we talk about the movie a little bit. Yeah, I actually am starting to write down my feelings. Not just write them. You typed them. Yeah, I did. printed them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, After a movie, because it really, sitting down to a keyboard really helps me get things out. Yeah, this was a fascinating um, story. And it was told to a generation that I think maybe wasn't very familiar with it. Yeah. So I really think that's important. Uh, People of a certain age would have no idea this took place. That's a nitro beer. Pour it hard oh, and pour Sorry, all man. of it. All right, didn't hard. Okay. What what's left? Create some friction. I got you. Yes. Anyways, uh, it's a story uh, about a government conspiracy, basically, and a lot of lying uh, over multiple presidencies. Um, the really the central point I thought was super fascinating, and I really enjoyed the the conflict, which we'll get into, um, and also the fact that it fell to like the first female publisher of a newspaper. I really like that. Meryl Streep's a badass. It, yep. was, it was amazing. It was written really well. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of aspects of this movie. Uh, I love Spielberg as a director. I mean, he's a beast. So overall, I enjoyed this film very much. Yeah. So again, this is this is the post. It's Steven Spielberg's latest with Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. Um, and Meryl Streep is is the kind of by by circumstance the new publisher and owner of the Washington Post, a paper which you may know uh, today because mm-hmm. it's still around. She plays Kay Graham. Tom Hanks plays one of the main, uh, I guess they don't really establish what he is. If we knew more about the paper industry, we might be able to speculate. He was like the chief editor in chief, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I think he was. He's a very high, because I'm pretty sure that's like right underneath the publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he plays uh, Ben Bradley. Um, Bob, there's actually a pretty good amount of folks in here. Bob Odenkirk yep. uh, plays Ben Bagdiklian, which I. Bagdikian. Bagdikian, is that what he said? That's how they pronounce it the whole movie. Fair enough. Bagdikian. Um, and he is, uh, he's a reporter there. Bradley Whitford plays um, a, a lawyer, advisor kind of fella. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradley Whitford being the evil guy from Billy Madison or the dad from Get Out. Yep. Um, who else do we want to talk about here? Um, I guess people will come up as we get into the movie more. David yeah. Cross is in it, which you know, is funny. Yeah, it was. And it's funny. There's a lot of people that you recognize in this movie, but you're not sure from where. Yeah, totally. There's and it, a lot of the times because they're in totally different settings, than you, like, like David Cross. And he looked completely different, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. 
So do you have some some knowledge you want to drop on me about this movie? I do have some. Um, so it's only been out for a few days, near as we can tell. We're trying to stay current here at Fresh Op Cinema. Right. Um, but sometimes we don't see movies until, like, depending on how they're released. Yeah. Weeks after lots of people have seen them. So we're going to yeah. be covering a movie soon called Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. And that's been out in selected releases for like a month and a half. Yeah. Big glitch with something like that is we live in a market that's not maybe first run to get kind of smaller independent art house type films, yeah. which sucks. Yeah. Uh, but if you wanted to see more movies like that, you one, can write, one, write your theater. Yep. Seriously. Yeah. Write your congressman and then your theater. Yeah. I think maybe theater first. Yeah. Yeah. But you can actually, so if you're here in Chico, we have that Cinemark over on East. And I tweeted at them one time, not thinking that it was going to have anything come back. And they were like, hey, if you want to see some movies come to your theater, write us here. Yeah. And so that's a cool thing. So, uh, for example, if you're tired of seeing Jumanji as the number one movie for three weeks in a row, mm-hmm. uh, maybe help get other movies in front of audiences. Absolutely. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, the post has been out. Um, since December 22nd, technically, but not for us. Uh, it's made $44.5 million, give or take, which is almost as much as it costs in the $50 million it costs to make. Uh, it's just under two hours, PG-13 mostly for some language, I think. Yeah, there wasn't too much risque in it other than adult language. That's yeah, about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a lot of dirty content if you count the government. Oh! <laughs> dirty government. Dirty, um, dirty. So, yeah. No, I was telling Johnny before we started that I really love a good newsroom kind of drama. One of my favorite shows of all time is The Newsroom, mm. written by Aaron Sorkin. Mm. Uh, it was on HBO, three seasons, very good. Um, and one of the main debates in the in the entire third season, it talks about they're putting together this story of a military um, operation that was not sanctioned, basically. And it's like putting together all the facts and, and what the ethical dilemma is of releasing out to the public and if, whether or not it's for the better or worse. And it's a lot of parallels with this kind of story. Definitely. Um, but I really dig it. I like anytime there's a newsroom and there's deadlines, people are just, I love the fast dialogue and the, the quick cuts and everything involved is really good. So I like this movie a lot is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. What, what else did you like about it? So there are some really good performances. I think Tom Hanks did a fine job. I liked Tom Hanks in this movie because he wasn't too much Tom Hanks. Mm. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. He was, he played the role well yeah you get the vibe too i mean this is very um very much a a male-centered world oh yeah um especially the newspaper well every industry that is uh very profitable it's like all men yeah back Um, then all industry period was pretty much men like major industry in the united states yeah and this is this is right at the end of the vietnam war this is when this takes place um and so meryl streep's character Kay, was quite um quite interesting to me i think yeah. she did a really good job portraying that what it was like to be a strong independent woman back then yeah um so i thought she did a really good job i really liked her her character arc yeah because she was very timid and you know kind of spoke through another man you know a man at like the board meetings remember that first mm-hmm. board meeting mm-hmm. where if she wanted to say something she'd like whisper it in his ear and then he would say it um yeah and just the arc of her becoming emboldened yeah was was really cool to see and i think it's it's really nice to see that portrayed on screen mm-hmm. as it's really strong female role model yeah like you were saying too i think this is an important story to be told given mm-hmm. the uh world we're living in right now you mean the fake news world with yeah with an administration that's very much trying to shut down mm-hmm. any type of free press that gives bad coverage like it's fake news 
Yeah. That's why we're making America juicy again. Right. This is like a whole, this is like a whole, um, nice lens to look through that some viewers who might not know the story can be like, wow, that sounds kind of like what's happening now. Which was my perspective. Mm -hmm. Like I did not know anything about the story going Mm -hmm. in, Mm -hmm. but it seemed like it was an important thing. Yeah. So definitely something we should all be aware of Mm -hmm. that happened and how quickly our government can silence things. Yeah. Or attempt to silence them. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really interesting. This movie, for some people that do know that, that lived through this, this might not be as compelling of a narrative, but I do think this movie still holds its own as far as filmmaking goes. Definitely. Um, but yeah, any like I'm saying, anytime you have a newsroom kind of thing, whether it's a newspaper or TV or whatever it is, there's like a, a, a freneticism. I'm going to make up that word. It might be real. A sense of franticness. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think Spielberg did a really good job capturing. There's these really long roving shots that you follow people throughout the newsroom and um, even the dialogue is super fast and people, it's just, it's very believable. And I loved the attention they put on the printing press in this movie. Yes. So cool. Really I've cool. never really seen a printing press operate, especially not a large scale one for yeah. newspapers. Um, but there was this reverence they had for the whole system, um, which is fitting for the, the subject matter. But you get to see how they make the blocks of the letters and then, it was a really, that was a really neat thing. It made me want to tour a newspaper mm-hmm. plant. Like and the, yeah, really cool. There's a couple of scenes where you see characters just, you know, they they'll flip the switch, turn it on, and just kind of step back and appreciate what's happening, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is a nice moment for us to kind of be like, yeah, this is important. Yeah, and it really added a human element, seeing you know the dudes covered in ink, like right. setting them and mm-hmm. all the people tying them together, right. and it was it was a really interesting look inside the the world of publishing a newspaper mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, but yeah, the printing press was the part that got me tripping. You know something else I noticed? There's there's one headline that comes out. Um, there's a there's a court case that happens in the movie, and one that is decided, they print the newspapers with the results. And I was just thinking how probably priceless that newspaper would be today. Right. Which means, like, there's going to be so many headlines that are printed nowadays that we could probably save, and it'd be worth a lot in, like, 30 years. Yeah. But I haven't bought a newspaper in forever. No. I look at them when they're, like, at the coffee shop mm-hmm. or something, but you don't, I don't, I don't buy them. I'm going to buy one. Yeah. When something crazy happens, I'm going to buy one. You know, I was looking through some old folders and I had some like sports clippings because like uh-huh. some famous stuff happened, like games that I was at. Right. And that was kind of neat. But yeah, I've heard of people, you know, like the day JF, the day after day JFK was shot, mm-hmm. like those headlines and stuff right. and like the have them framed, you know. Yeah. I bet there's some cool websites out there that have like. Yeah. Like on this day. Yeah, like famous headlines. Totally. That'd be a fun app where you could just get like an an update every morning. Yeah, you get those like quote, like one quote a day and it like just shows up. It's like, here's the headline. I bet that's an app already. Scranton Strangler Strikes Again. Scranton. Nice. Yeah. Little office quote there. I like it. That's what happened when uh, Jim and Pam's baby was being born. Oh. Uh, Who was it? Andy Bernard, I think. Okay. He printed out that day's headline. It was like, spring has sprung, but then she was born a day later. So we had to get the new one. It was Scranton Strangler Strikes Again. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So overall, this movie, I think we both liked it. Yeah. It told a good story. It yeah. told an important story. Uh, and I think we're kind of beating around the, the bush. But the central conflict is that they have this this report. Mm-hmm. That- it's they, Yeah, they come across like classified United States documents because somebody smuggled them out of the... Well, out of a certain place that they were being held. Yeah. Um, and the question is, yeah, this could get us in trouble. This could shut down the paper. But do the people deserve to know? And yeah. what's the cost that we'd be willing to pay for that? Yeah. And this report was, you know, had a lot of information about government corruption. And it was it was a really interesting center, central conflict of basically the U.S. government versus a paper and mm-hmm. whether or not they have the right 
to publish something. Right. So at, at its core, it's a First Amendment and also, you know, freedom of the press. It's free speech, freedom yeah. of the press, freedom of information. Yeah, that is, that it's, yeah, First Amendment. Yeah. But I mean, isn't freedom of the, the press a separate amendment? Is mm-hmm. it the, it's all Yeah, protected. it's all in there. So yeah, it, it really just, it's a First Amendment issue. And the precedent that is laid out. Unless you're talking about the Fourth Estate, which is journalism. I think maybe. Uh, which I just remembered. Let me check. Yeah, we'll check that on the break and get yep. back to you. Deal. But the fact is, it's a very important story and it's a very important precedent that mm-hmm. was established yeah. because it laid the groundwork for honesty and journalism mm-hmm. and so much that we take for granted right now probably. Yeah, uh, yeah and just the the accountability factor because, I mean, they kind of glaze over it, um, but the idea like, you know, there's a timeline that gets put into place. They They have a timeline like, okay, there's going to be some vetting that we don't like. You need to make sure that these facts are correct. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's some reverence for good journalism. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just clickbait that you threw into a headline. Yeah. Well, like good you, journalism. Germinal? Germinalism. Good germinalism. Yeah. How to be a good German. Right. No, good journalism. And then they also emphasize like kind of a reverence for like, will it cause harm mm-hmm. or put anyone in danger? Sure. You know, or if it's just going to educate the American people, you know. Mm-hmm is to what the government doesn't want them to know. Yeah. God forbid. Right. Yeah. So right. that that whole plot is really what drives the movie and it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like the story I had no idea. Yeah. I was sold. I was like, dude, this is really interesting. Yeah. I yeah, I liked it. Do you want to rate it? Should we do that? I'm not quite there in my mind yet. I got to mm. figure out my number, but Yeah, I was going to talk about it more cuz oh, I've, st- I've still been trying to think about um whether I liked it or I mean, how the number. It's mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. I love Meryl Streep in this movie though. She she Dude. was so great. Her story arc about just the, how strong she was by the mm-hmm. end of the movie, and that one scene where they're walking out of the place and there's all these these young women just like oh that was great too. That was such a powerful scene. Did you happen to stumble upon or go to the women's march here when you were in town? No. So I was in Reno when when that took place, and I went to that one for a bit, and it was great. So like, there's so many factors in our social world right now that are lining up perfectly with this movie, like the lifting up on pedestals of women that deserve it and the, you know, the presidency kind of thing. And this movie came out at a great time. It's very topical. It did. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that scene you're referring to was great. Yeah. And there was all these women, like young college age women literally looking up to her as mm-hmm. she walked through a crowd of them and just adoring what she's doing and the boldness of her yeah. standing up and saying, screw it, you know? It's it's her newspaper. She's going to do what she wants. Yeah, there's another scene where she's talking to a character. and Ugh, I know uh, exactly yeah. when you're talking about. And he, he he's, obviously he is being like, uh, you know, this is what you should do. And she goes, basically, sh- like, shut up. Mm-hmm. This isn't this person's company or this one. Like, this is my company now. Mm-hmm. She has a couple lines like that. At one point she goes, I'm not asking you for your permission. I'm asking you for advice. Mm-hmm. She says it in the opposite order, so it punches a little bit harder. But mm-hmm. yeah, she did a great job. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good role model. Very, very nice to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to rate this movie and I'm going to tell you a fun fact Great. that I just learned. Perfect. Uh, I'm giving this a nine. All right. Just a straight solid yeah, nine. I think it, I am too. Yeah? Yeah. That's yeah. where I was at. I like it. It's very good. It was very good. It told it told the, the, the story. Like, yeah, you know what you're saying. It told it. Yeah. It told it well. No, it told a story that I had no idea about. And I'm really happy this movie came out and it was done very well. Agreed. It was written well and I'm very happy that I saw it and I educated myself and expanded my mind. It's a very important part of this yeah. country's history, especially in the current political climate, like Agreed. you said. And 
it's stuff that as citizens we need to be educated about you know what yeah. the government can and can't tell you to say is pretty important that's like one of the the obviously a huge milestone of what makes america unique mm-hmm. um yeah the idea that we ha- that the people have you know that we are informed enough to make decisions is is paramount yeah and we are free enough to say things that aren't necessarily pro government yeah you know for we sure. have the right and the freedom to protest our government mm-hmm. and that is something that that's we are crazy we are real lucky to have yeah you know yeah so yeah it, ugh, i get so so riled up about when people try to censor like it drives me crazy yeah Yep. Yep. And we're not going to go down a super political rabbit hole because that's not what this podcast is about. But I'm sure both Max and myself would love to have a more in-depth political conversation. Uh, This is not the forum to do that. No. But let's just say we'd both be super into it. Yeah. So let's have a cup of coffee sometime. Let's talk. Slide into our DMs. What's your fact? Oh, yeah. The Wonder Woman sequel. Oh, cool. Will be the first film in history with the new anti-harassment guidelines in place. Oh, cool. So a huge step. That's neat. I didn't um, even know those were a thing. Yeah. they. J- I wanted to pull up some more about it. Maybe we'll look into that and, uh, break, and yeah. cover that either next episode or after the break or something. Um, but yeah, there's a brand new set of anti-harassment guidelines and uh, Gal Gadot is really championing the cause for equality and like not harassing people. That's so cool. You know what I mean? And yeah. What better character and also right person? I mean, she's such a strong individual. Anyway, yeah, especially coming from Israel. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like, yeah, she's she's pretty baller. Yeah, so I thought that was really neat. Just speaking of empowered women and equality and whatnot. Yeah, there's hope for Hollywood, and there's there's hope for us all. I think there is. Yeah, you know, what I think you gotta think that. that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so we mentioned this earlier. We are at the end of our second portion of the show, and our third portion is called The Danger Zone. So you've been warned there will be spoilers for the post. Yep, and we will be covering our last beer of the night. Indeed. In this segment coming up, uh, we will be getting to The Danger Zone right after a quick break. So if you like what you're hearing so far this episode and you want to get directly involved with the growth and prosperity of this podcast in America, which... I think is really what this country needs right now. Is more of us. Is more of us. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to help just spread us across the land like locust, maybe a bad analogy, no, but it's great. true. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna eat your vegetables, we're gonna starve you. Yes. It'll be lovely. If you <laughs> want to help contribute to yeah. that, yep. you should get involved with Patreon. Yes. Uh, and if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way for people that like a thing to support that thing. Yeah, and we're a thing. We are. We release podcast episodes, as you know, once a week. Uh, but on Patreon, not only do we release those, we also have bonus content. Uh, yeah, there's we, bonus content every single mm-hmm. week. We put on special events. Um, our Patreon donors that we like to call our family. Yeah. They help um, us pick movies out sometimes. And beers. Um, so if you want to be a part of that, you can do that for as little as a dollar per episode. And it's a good time. We just had an event uh, a couple weeks ago. We have more events coming up. Yeah. Um, we, we try and do one big one quarterly. Yeah. So if you've been on the fence about supporting this podcast or you just want to do some good things for the rest of your life to get good karma, this is one of those things you can do. It's a gift, not just for yourself, but for the children. Indeed. It is mostly for the children. Please go to Fresh Hop. Nope. Please go to patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema and support us right now. Please do it. Max really needs it. 
Okay, so we're back from the break, and we wanted to tie up some loose ends. In the danger zone! Yeah, welcome to the danger zone, everybody. This is an educational danger zone this time around. We have some knowledge to spit. Fucking knowledge! And some swear words. Uh, I'm going to spit first. I've got a one hell of a loogie coming. (laughs) Please, please spit Uh, directly into my ear. This is something I mentioned earlier. We were talking about um, journalism and the First Amendment and the Fourth Estate. And I've always heard the Fourth Estate to represent journalism or journalists, but I never knew where it came from. So we did some digging. And without getting too deep into this, fresh hop investigation, this dude named Thomas Carlyle traced the term, the fourth estate back to 1787 by this guy, Edmund Burke, who used it in a speech given to the British parliament. And there are differing accounts here, but basically what he was suggesting, this guy Burke, is that there were not these three estates that they had uh, described, uh, which they, depending on the time uh, at which you're referring to them, were either the Lord's spiritual, temporal, and the commons, or in another example, the church, the nobility, and the townsmen, uh, there was also this implied fourth estate to represent the press and journalism. So if anybody asks you, that's what it's from, this guy named Burke. Back All in right. the 1780s, fourth estate, it means journalists, boom. Excellent. Okay. Now, would, One you, more loose end. would you please spit at me about sexual harassment and yes. the new guidelines that have been laid yeah. in place? What? Two days ago? Three days ago. Three days ago. Yeah, Johnny mentioned that Wonder Woman 2 is going to be the... Here, I'll read you this headline. Wonder Woman 2 will be the first production to adopt new anti-sexual harassment guidelines. Bully for them. As outlined by the Producers Guild of America. Um, And this is obviously a big deal for a lot of reasons. Oh, yeah. But we thought it would be kind of cool to go and find the actual guidelines, and we have found them. They were drafted on the 19th of this month. This month is January it's 2018. Okay. This, this harassment guideline is hot off the press. Yeah. Um, so kind of glazing through it here, they have a mission statement basically that says, ultimately, prevention is the key to eliminating sexual harassment in the workplace. Through sufficient resources, we can educate our members and their teams. Together, we must model our commitment to a workplace free of harassment and encourage colleagues to do the same. So they go on to identify sexual harassment and her, uh, these different categories. And then in italics are examples. Yeah. Johnny, it's a lot of stuff that people should already know about how to just not be a terrible human. Yeah. So under quid pro quo harassment, Johnny, what is the example that they lay out? All right. So an example of quid pro quo harassment is when a producer agrees to cast an actor or actress only if he or she commits uh, or submits to sexual requests. The finance or the financier threatens to pull funding from a project because an individual refuses to submit to sexual requests. Yeah, and everybody's like, obviously, that's not good. But up until this point, that's not really been laid out contractually. So yeah, that right. goes under the radar. We actually need to put that in writing in the year 2018. Yeah. You can't do that. Um, and they define two other categories. One is a hostile work environment. And then they go into talk about common misconceptions about sexual harassment. It's all pretty, um, pretty like nerdy HR kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's clearly needed. Yeah. I think it's a great precedent to be set for film. And hopefully this carries over into just business in general. I know major, like all corporations have sexual harassment guidelines. But obviously, if this is this big of a problem in this day and age, they are not working properly. So things need to change. So hopefully this is the kick that gets the stone rolling down the hill. And at the bottom of that hill is a harassment-free workplace. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to have to sort of, almost like you take a sexual harassment test to get certified. Um, And they check people at the beginning of every production. That's That's how it's going. It says the guideline provides several several recommendations, including that each production complies with federal and state laws, offers a range of reporting procedures, and provide in-person anti-sexual harassment training for all members of the 
the cast and crew at the start of any production, including at the start of any new season for ongoing productions. That's good. Looking at you, House of Cards. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, good stuff. So that's that's what's going on in the world of uh, sexual harassment and anti-sexual harassment. I like it. Mostly anti, I guess. Yeah. No, it's a good good direction to go. And I think it's going to benefit yeah. Hollywood and hopefully business and women in yeah. general. Cool. Good, good. Let's, I want to I want to yeah. talk a little bit about this movie mm-hmm. in a little bit more in depth, and also like my day leading up to seeing this movie. It was very unique, and it was oddly kind of dark and gloomy. Um, I had a conversation with my parents like the morning uh, of the day that I went to see this movie, and they are going to be making me the executor of their estate, oh. and I'm going to be in charge of their last will and testament, oh. and. We kind of got into the nitty gritty about what happens if he dies first and what happens if she dies first. And yeah, it's a part of life and everyone dies and I get that. But like just talking about it can be kind of a huge bummer and just add sort of a gray pallor to the overall atmosphere of your afternoon, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it was at that time about off getting off work. I was like, you know what? I really just want to go to the movies. You know, movies for me have always been super therapeutic. They're a way to take your mind off of anything that's going on in your life or anything that might not be going well and put your mind in a completely different place. And this movie really did that for me. It was one of those days where I needed a bit of a a mind break from just being heavy and dark and just be entertained and eat some popcorn and be Mm -hmm. happy. So I don't know. Movies are really important at different times and in different things. And, And when I'm in moods like that, it really reminds me how important movies are to me. It's so interesting, too, because a lot of the time, uh, for me at least, going to the movies can be so, sort of taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. And, and and literally, I mean going there, like getting yep. up to go. Yeah. Like I remember today, um, I was like, I don't want to go see this. And the second I'm in the theater, I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah. I love seeing movies and all that. And it's, it is a really good way to sort of escape, obviously. This movie reminded, like feeling that way and feeling that want to go to the movies reminded me why yeah. we do this in right. the first place. Sure. And it was just kind of a special moment because it made me so much happier. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of just turned my day around. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. So just an interesting little tidbit of my afternoon. Yeah. But dude. I think it's important that we remember, you know, that for me, sometimes this gets obligatory. You know, mm-hmm. we have yeah, to sure. go to a movie to sure. go talk about it. Yeah. And, oh, can't we just watch something on Netflix? Mm-hmm. But there's something about the whole cinema experience that when you need it, it can be really cathartic. Yeah. Agreed. So it's good, and it really amplified my enjoyment of this movie. Sweet. And also popcorn. Right, which is never bad. You cannot be upset and sad no. and eat popcorn. No. Unless you, you go to eat popcorn because you're sad, then it can amplify it. <laughs> then you're, you're just, just like you're yeah. sad eating right? popcorn. You don't even use your hands. Just you bring just a bucket. <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. No, I just want to sad eat popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a time and a place for that, but it's not at the movies. No, movies are a happy unless you're unless the movie's sad. Then yeah, but then huh. sometimes you need that, right? Do you ever get like sad and when you just want to listen to like sad songs so yeah. you can be sadder totally. or like empathize with someone else's sad feelings when they wrote a sad? That's thing? like my main way of coping with emotions. I'll just I'll just like ramp it up. Yeah, you know, really that's feel such, it all, and that's such a thing. Yeah, like I've always had that tendency to listen to like gloomy stuff mm-hmm. when I'm gloomy. Yeah. But yeah, I just get really jaded. Like if I if I'm in a bad mood and I hear like a happy song, I'm like this is be like, bullshit. Get out of here. Fuck you <laughs> and your happiness. Yeah, yeah. No, it's sad. I want to hear like some sonatas or something. Just yeah, gloomy and yeah, introspective. I recommend Iron and Wine or Damien Rice. Mm, I love Iron and Wine. 
So good. Yeah. That actually reminded me of a scene that I wanted to talk about. Couldn't say it earlier because there's a spoiler here. Yeah. There's a final scene that takes place in the newsroom when they're waiting for um, the verdict of the Supreme Court to come. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, let me find her name. She played Nora Durst in The Leftovers. Yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah. let's just clarify that this ended up going to the Supreme Court. Correct. <laughs> Jump ahead. Yeah. Do you want to? Because there was a minor court case before that. Yeah, there was a minor court case with the what you call it? Who's the 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 New York Times? Oh, right. Yeah. So the yeah. Times published something first. They got in trouble because they posted like posted fucking Facebook. Yeah. Oh, there it is. No, yep. They um, published published. Thank you. Part of this report that was the centerpiece of this controversy, and the Supreme Court basically said, "Don't publish anything more. We're going to see you in court. We're not good." Right. Uh, yeah. So that was what happened before. Their court date. Right. Before they had even... So, like, the New York Times had this story they published, and then the Washington Post still had... Washington Post is, by the way, if, in case we don't, it didn't establish this enough, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep's paper. Yeah. The okay. Post. The Post. Everyone calls it The Post. Yeah, the movie. It's The Post. You yeah. guys knew that. Okay. Um. Anyways, they didn't have their story yet, so then they were like, well, look what's happening with The Times. Like, well, at least we're not in that boat. And then they have this opportunity, and it's like, oh, we'll see what happens with them, I guess. Yeah. And then they publish a little bit of it. Right. And then get dragged into the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And at this point, a really important decision is made by the Supreme Court yes. that the papers do not publish to protect the government, but to inform the people. Was Is that the close yes. to what the, the Supreme Basically, Court Basically, yeah. It was like, you know, this, yeah. Uh, um, One of the Supreme Court justices made a statement about why he voted the way he did. And that was included in his statement was that, you know, papers publish to protect the people not the government basically that's the gist of it yeah and it was a really really powerful quote yeah totally um what are you trying to find i was gonna try to find the exact quote oh um which i can probably find in a minute but i wanted to say carrie coon is the actress i was thinking of okay and she plays another reporter and when that decision is delivered she answers the phone like everybody be quiet the decision's here and you can see her relaying well, she's relaying the decision that's given to her over the phone to the entire newsroom, and you can see her just really getting misty-eyed and, and it was like the ultimate faith in humanity kind of restored moment. Yeah. It was really powerful. It was. I thought that scene was done really well. And it was definitely, I mean, it wasn't kind of, it was 100% a faith in humanity restoring yeah. moment, not just in the movie. Or like but, faith in America restored kind of. Yeah. You know. And faith in the system. Faith, faith that a Supreme Court justice could be like, no. You need to print this. It doesn't matter if it hurts the government. The right. government is hurting themselves, not the paper. Yeah. You know, it was it was super validating. And you could see that in her eyes as a reporter and someone mm-hmm. that tries to report fairly and 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 so on and so forth, that it's it was super validating to be like, Yeah, your life's work matters. Right. And you're still doing it for the right reasons and we're gonna let you do it. Yeah. It's very good because presidents shouldn't be able to just lie to the whole country about a war. Right. You know. Because yeah. this went on for what four, four different presidents, yeah, four presidencies, and at one point in the movie they said, "Well, it's gone so far, the Nixon just kind of doesn't want to fuck it up." Yeah, that you was know? basically yeah, he's just going along with it. Like he doesn't yeah. want to be the president that lost the war. So yeah. it's terrible. It's a whole other ego thing. That's, so that's an awesome reason to just keep a war going, right? Um, so yeah, but the the decision was six to three, um, and since I have it here, I'm going to say who disagreed or who dissented. Uh, I don't know why I had to say that. Like I'd never heard that word before. Dissented. It's just a normal. It's a dissenting opinion thing. Yeah. Um, most of these are good. Let's see. Where are you? Oh, it's. 
uh, Mr. Justice Berger, who I do not know because he's, I don't think, obviously not around anymore. Wow, he said a lot. He said a lot. Um, These are things we should look into. <laughs> totally. This would have been really good. I'm sorry for scrolling out. Justice Harlan and Justice Blackman. And <laughs> maybe they're on the same decision. I don't know how this works. Yeah, there's Blackman. He just basically agreed. Blackman goes, I join Mr. Justice Harlan in his dissent. I am also in substantial accord with much that Justice White says by way of admonition in the latter part of his opinions. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Anyways. that was a great quote. The essential fundamental argument for not, or, you know, against the post was that um, this, like people are trying to make the, the case that since this is ongoing, it can have negative effects. Yeah. And they compared it to like, if you had the if you had the plans for storming Normandy, would you give that? And he's like, well, it's a little bit different, like a history of what's happened versus what's about to happen that yeah. could injure soldiers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyways, it was interesting stuff. This whole movie was interesting. Yeah, it was very thought provoking. Yeah, I liked it. You know, half of this podcast is dedicated to beer. Yeah, I was gonna say we should talk about this. We should really talk about yeah. the last beer. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so we are drinking a modern times beer, and it is Nitro City of the Dead with cacao nibs. Hey. Almonds and sea salt. Pretty weird combo. It's an odd combo, but I think it works. I've had a couple sips. I'm really enjoying it. Clocking in at 7.5 ABV, 40 IBUs. Both of our beers are 40 IBUs tonight. Fun fact. Uh, This beer is made with two-row dark chocolate, pale chocolate, flaked barley, midnight wheat, Munich C-170, and Carapalis malt varieties. Cool. Just so you know. Favorites of mine. Well, a lot of the malts, you know, the roasted malts and mm-hmm. the different varietals add so many different yep. flavors, so you, they enhance the coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this was actually mixed and brewed with coffee that had been aged in bourbon barrels. Oh, okay. So this beer is not aged in bourbon barrels, but the adjunct coffee, in fact, was. I don't get a ton of whiskey. No, I think that's why. Yeah. If it was the whole thing was barrel aged, you would. But totally. Just having the beans that they added into a beer that was mostly done already, you're going to get subtle, if any, of that. Yeah. When it comes to stouts, we've talked about we like the overall thing of the barrel aged better than the standard. But when it comes to feel, mouthfeel and whatnot, yeah. Nitro it reigns supreme yeah. by far. It's so good. It just, it's so smooth. This is one of the best beers I've had in oh, a right? long time. Yeah, it's pretty good. I really like this beer. It it pours like a nice super dark chocolatey color mm-hmm. with, you know, obviously nitro carbonation. You're going to get little tiny bubbles and yeah. it's going to drink a bit more flat. Pretty good know? retention though. Yeah. It's like a nice little layer of bubbles at the top of mine. Yeah, it drinks, it, you get like a nice creamy mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. It really coats the inside of your mouth. It's got a lovely body. There's a phenomenal coffee finish too. Yeah. It sits with you like a cup of coffee does. Well, it starts coffee. True. I mean, you smell this. And it's like a mocha. Yeah. Because I'm a huge almond milk, like mocha or like almond milk cappuccino. You do get a lot of nuttiness. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I love almond milk because yeah. I'm lactose intolerant. Right. So that's my jam. Right. Uh, so you definitely get a lot of that. It reminds me of just a really nice fresh cup of coffee. Yeah. It's got a lot of earthy notes to it as well. You get a lot of bark, mm-hmm. like tree bark, woody uh, kind of. It's just pillowy. Yeah. That's good, man. This is I, really this good. Uh, the salt isn't too present. No, I was concerned. That was the adjunct, that was the part in it where I was like, "What? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like a salty stout." Yeah, it, it, there, I could see like a salty kind of like caramel. 
Not to be too yeah. cheesy, but no, like a salted caramel. St- they've made I'm several. Sure they've made them, but I, yeah. I I worry they'd be too gimmicky. Right. But if they if you did it right, I think it could be pretty good. Yeah, you get that nuanced balance of the flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this beer is really killer. I mean, it finishes like a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, yeah. good. Um, this is a nine. Yeah, hundred like straight up. It it's is really, really good, dude. Yeah. I'm. I don't know if I'm quite at a nine. Yeah. Um, I just drank a uh, big bad Baptista last night. Mm. Which is up there for me. Yeah. Uh, and so that's fresh in my brain. This might be like an 8.5 for me. Okay. This is really good. No, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I want to get another one and pour it all super Yeah, I'm sorry. Hard. I didn't realize it was nitro. I was just kind of like talking while I opened yeah. the can, but it says nitro right there. That's fine. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I will revisit this because uh, it is pretty available in Chico right yep. now. So that's pretty cool. Well, I'm going 8.5. 8.5 for that feels you. good. A yeah. 9 for me. That is a delicious beer. Mm-hmm. That's a good note to end this show on. Yeah, I feel good. Anything else you want to cover on the post before we do our bonus content on Patreon? Nope, I think we're good. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Wait, that's not how we should end it. For Johnny Summers, I'm Max Minardi. And for Max Minardi, I'm Johnny Summers. And together, we are Fresh Hop Cinema. Dun, 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 This is Fresh Hop Cinema.